I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co. Once again, that is podmetrics.co and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode 1 to episodes 2, 3, 4, 100, 150, and beyond, Podmetrics can help you get to know your show and your listeners that much better. You can check it out today and sign up at podmetrics.co. Once again, that's podmetrics.co. And you can use my referral code on deck. That's O-N-D-E-C-K, just one word. And you can get a head start into the wonderful world of Podmetrics. listening to On Deck with Stan C. If you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, here's a quick intro. It's a podcast about radio personalities and the stories behind the people behind the mic. This week's episode features one of my favorite people, not just in the radio industry, but in the world in general. She's held many job titles over the years from radio DJ, newscaster, station manager, TV presenter, voice talent, the voice of Globe, the voice of Philippine Airlines, the voice of the LRT2, Professor, among many others. But to me, she'll always be a parental figure in the industry because of how much she's mentored me over the years. Her name is Pinky Aceron, and before I get her on, here's a quick story about her. In 2009, I just finished my first year as a broadcast communication major in UP Diliman, and I was thinking of getting into radio, so... I'd heard about the auditions for Magic 89.9's Junior Jock program, and at the time, it was my dream to get into that program because Magic 89.9 was my dream station then. To prepare for that, I went to Mam Pinky's office in UP, and I would talk to her for a couple hours at a time, and I would ask her about what I needed to do if I wanted to be a successful radio DJ, so she told me to practice and to record myself, and she even told me that if I'd recorded myself doing these spiels as if I were on the radio, then she'd take time out to listen to them. So I did, and I would go to UP during the summer to talk to Mam Pinky 
with my clunky ass Walkman. And at the time, I was too cheap to even get a Discman or to get a digital recorder. So I had a cassette tape that I would record on over and over again. And I'd have her listen to my spiels. And, you know, she really didn't even have to do that. But I guess it really says a lot about the type of educator and the type of mentor that she is that she took time out of her busy day to do that with me. I really appreciated that, and those were experiences that really stuck with me, even though I didn't get into the Magic 89.9 program. In fact, it would be another year before I even got into another FM radio station, which was Mellow 94.7, but all the lessons that I learned from Mam Pinky really stuck with me. And the most important one is something that I keep parroting in every class I've taught or in every seminar I've been invited to speak at. And that is the fact that radio is the most personal and ubiquitous form of media. I remember hearing that from Mam Pinky in her class and writing that down in my notebook, and that stuck with me. In fact, I even remember the handwriting I used to write that down because I, I say that over and over again, whether I'm training student DJs or whether I'm uh, teaching an elective or giving a talk about radio and what it means to me. All of these things, the foundation of uh, how I became a radio broadcaster came from Pinky Aceron, and that's why having her as a guest on this podcast means the world to me. So I can't wait for you to listen to my conversation with my mentor. Pinky Aceron is on deck. This episode of the podcast is something very meaningful and very personal and very special to me because I'm going to be talking to... My favorite college professor, she's also a very recognizable voice because she's the one who tells you that the subscriber cannot be reached or that Betty Gobelmonte is the next LRT2 station. But more importantly, she's the only educator to ever give me a cinco in UP Diliman. <laughs> Please welcome to the podcast, Miss Pinky Aceron. Hi, ma'am Pinky. Hi there, Stan. It's it's great to be here, and I love the introduction, really, especially that cinco part. <laughs> yeah, that, that was something that I was sure that I really had to include in there because not a lot of people will openly admit that they got a cinco from, from any any teacher in any subject. But because mm -hmm. it came from you and because the story behind that is so hilarious looking back like 11 years later, I just can't help but bring it up. Do you even remember but, how that happened? No, honestly, I don't. And I'm like, I, I, can't, I, I can't even recall having given you a five for that, honestly. How did it happen ang aba? <laughs> Please refresh my memory. So I was in your BC100 class, which I think has since renamed uh, as a course, but it's the Introduction to Broadcast Communication. And your final project for us was a legit TV production. Like we had to produce a children's show and I was in a group of five. <laughs> and then my groupmates were the ones who were uh, assigned to render and edit the entire thing. And uh, the two girls, one of whom I had a big crush on, so I, I was really conflicted with how I was going to deal with that. <laughs> they, they didn't edit until the very last day. So mm -hmm. I think as your class began, Wednesday, 1 p.m., nag-render pa siya at Technohub. So oh my when they yeah. got to the class, you had already dismissed everybody and you just told us flat out, you guys are getting a cinco. Like there's no way now you can't get anything other than that. And I was just balls to the wall angry. And I couldn't snap because I liked one of the girls. Right. I remember that now. It's 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 coming back to me now. Kasi diba, you've always known me to be a stickler for deadlines, right? And 
I, I, I make it a point to, to actually give my students ample time to work on their projects. So for me, non-negotiable yan eh. It's either you submit on time or you don't, in which case you suffer the consequences. And I'm sure you've, you've always known that, diba? Okay, so now that I, I'm, you know, I'm beginning to remember that already, hindi naman pala kasi sa'yo yung problema. It was, uh, it was actually kasi a group project and kumbaga nadamay ka lang. <laughs> yeah, but you know, as Mal. any teacher will say, the mistake of one is the mistake of all. So whatever, I, I took yes. it like a big boy. Took mm-hmm. it like a big boy and I uh, just moved on because I, I really didn't have a choice. Yon, so this there. is funny because now I feel like I'm in your office all over again. It feels like the 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 late 2000s, which is a great feeling to have because 2020 <laughs> is all about staying at home. So I'd like to you know travel to a different place. But right. I, I want to take it back. I I want to talk about you, ma'am, and like your your whole career, how this all began, and because this podcast is all about radio personalities and their stories. I want to know where yours began. Were you always a fan of radio, and oh. you always want to get behind the mic? That is a very good question, Stan. Because I have to admit, no, I, I've, I, I consider myself the quintessential radio fan because I've, I've been listening to the radio since as far back as my high school days. I had, you know, a, a, fa- a favorite radio station. I had favorite DJs, and I would really make it a point to listen to the station every single day and in fact i don't know if i mentioned this to you to all of you in class pero i remember uh in one of my classes ko yun, i've i've gone through this experience the whole experience of you know calling the station talking to my favorite dj making a request and getting giddy over hearing my my name mentioned on the air and even my voice on the air kasi Siyempre, habang kinakausap ko yung DJ, you know, naka, naka-on yung radyo ko. And, you know, I could just hear my voice. Uh, you know, I, I could hear myself interacting with the DJ. And it really, it, it was a kilig moment for me. Kasi, siyempre, di ba, yeah, high school ka. Tapos, yep. you know, you, you idolize these DJs. And, it, it you know, towards my college years, I... I Parang mas na-reinforce yon, Mas na-reinforce yung passion ko for radio. So much so that... Kasi I, I used to listen to this fusion jazz radio station called WKFM. And I really, I really looked up to their DJs. In fact, they had this lady DJ that I really listened to a lot. And she was the, actually the one who inspired me to get into radio. You know, every time I would listen to her... and You know, the, the funny part was that she was my namesake. Her name is Pinky Villarama. Yeah, and she had a great sounding voice. Super cool. Super cool talaga. So every time, I, I really look forward to, to her shows. And every time I, I do get to listen to her, I'm like, yan ang gusto kong gawin. I'd like to be like her when I graduate from college. Yung ganon. And yeah. Well, true enough, you know, I, I, I was given the opportunity to audition for one of the top-rating FM stations, 99.5 RT, uh, back in the 80s. That was, I, I auditioned, I auditioned uh, almost immediately after graduation. Actually, okay, let's backtrack, no? Sure. Uh, during my senior year in college, 
where I was in the thick of doing my my graduate thesis, my 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 undergraduate thesis rather. And my mom comes to me and she goes, "We may opening for newscasters sa ano sa RT." Kasi ano eh, yung office niya kasi is at the opposite wing of the sixth floor of the building where RT was. So is this Phil Comsen? No, no, it's not Phil Comsen. Hindi pa Phil Comsen noon. Pacific Bank Building pa along Ayala Avenue. Yon. Oh. Yeah, and that was like that was the time na was still owned by the Tuasons, Emilio okay. Tuason. Yeah, the original owners. Yon. Mm. So yeah, she because chica niya yung mga secretary don eh. So she she got wind of the news that two of their newscasters were leaving for the states. One of them was Vicky Nevera, the twin sister of Martin, and she just had to tell me that there was the there were two openings, and I got all excited about that because it was my dream dream to be in radio. But then another part of me was saying, ah, it's either that or you finish college. You know, you finish your thesis first and graduate. You know, anyway, mm -hmm. if, if, if it's if it's meant for you, it's still going to be there even after graduation. Yep. So I chose my thesis. I think I'd better I'd better concentrate on my thesis first. Anyway, uh, if it's still there by the time I graduate, that means it's meant for me. And true enough, you know, after graduation, the opening was still there. I I auditioned. And at first I, I thought I didn't make it because they called me. They called me. They got back to me a month after I auditioned. And yeah. then at the time, uh, wala pang cellphone, so nakaka anxiety talaga oh, na oh, they never got back to me anymore. Oh, Must have been oh, forgotten. <laughs> and then Mr. Andre Khan, one of my bosses, you know, yung secretary niya called and she goes, she went, uh, Mr. Eric Eloriaga, who was then our news director, Mr. Eric Eloriaga or Eric Kane wants to know if you're still interested to work for us. And I'm like, oh my God, am I ever? When do I start training? Okay, so, because at the time, I was actually working as a PA for uh, a, a talent management firm, okay? Okay. So, I had my day job. Mm -hmm. And then after I knock off from work, I would go straight to RT and then train. Okay. How was the audition process like at the time? Do you uh, would you remember? Because I've always been curious about how audition processes worked in every station. Lalo na you know um back when you were getting into the industry. Mm -hmm. Remember, were you at my radio performance class? I think you were. Were you? I think Weren't I was. You? Yes. Yes. Okay. Remember when I I gave you your midterm exams, and I had you guys perform this five page script from uh, the Columbia Broadcasting Network. It's a five-page script comprised of different scripts. You know, okay. scripts for different genre, like a commercial, an introduction to a, to a music program, or an uh -huh. introduction to a classical program, or a game show. You remember that, don't you? It's a script that basically tests your ability to be a quick-change artist. Okay. To see how I versatile think, you can you can be. Yes, you can uh, you know, like if you can change moods in a heartbeat, you know, right. without. Okay. Uh, so that's I think, what they had you do. Yes, because uh, I remember for for my uh, for my uh, performance classes, 
it's the very same script that I use for my students' midterm exams. And I, I, I make it a point to tell them that, did you know that this is the very script that was used on me when I first auditioned for radio? Okay. Or when I auditioned for my very first gig in radio. And they're like, my wow. students, you know, I, walang mintisyan, it never fails. I always get the same reaction. <gasps> wow, no way. Ganun sila. And, you know, it, it's, I still have it in my laptop. You know, because eh, uh, that was that was the standard script that all of us were made to to read as as an audition piece. You know, to get into the radio station. So, At the time, uh, you were you were in senior year, or you had just graduated, and you also came from the same program that I came from, right? You, which is uh, broadcast communication. And did you think that gave you a leg up over the other applicants or the other people who were applying? I was nervous. I was nervous. I wasn't really. I wasn't really. You know, I was neither cocky nor overconfident. I was really nervous because it was. I've waited for that opportunity my whole life and it was there right in front of me. It was staring me at the face and, you know, it was like, okay, you screw this up. That's it. You know, <laughs> so I, I, I really, I really, I really wanted it so bad that I really had to, you know, give it my best shot. And fortunately for me, although, you know, I only found out about that a month a month after I auditioned, which, right. di ba, at, at first, parang akala ko, oh, I did make the cut, you know, parang yeah. I, I fell short of making the, meeting their expectations, and, ganun. and then all of a sudden, I get this call from from the office of Mr. Andre Khan saying, na, you know, parang they want me. So, okay, this is fate, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's meant to be. And yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. It wasn't really a walk in the park. I was, I was made to train for about a couple of months before they actually put me on the air. Hey you, yes you, I'm talking to you. If you like unscripted conversations on heartbreak, listen to Walwal Sesh, the podcast. Ang podcast ng mga sawi. Hosted by Doc Gia. Part of the process of moving on is really accepting that it was or it never, never happened. Was, yeah. Take it one day at a time, no? Surrends. It's something that we need to, in a way, let people know na it's okay to cry. And Vino. If you're just expecting pero you're not doing anything or something mm -hmm. para malaman ng partner mo kung ano ba yung pangangailangan mo, then walang, walang mangyayari. Available on all major podcast platforms. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. There, that's thought, what I was going to ask about. Like, what training was like? Uh, because when I was training, I remember hearing from the professors at UP, like yourself, or even uh, the trainers who worked on me. Na oh yeah, yung old school training iba talaga. Uh, it, it was yeah. really hell. It, uh, you guys have it so easy with your MP3s and your drag and drops yeah. and all that. So, what was training like for you? Well, you have first of all, you have to realize that back in the day. We were, we were on analog technology. So we didn't have computers back in the day. Yep. Everything was done mano-mano. And the news, we didn't get, get them from the internet because we didn't have any internet. The internet was unheard of back then. So we had what you call the rip and read technique. 
We had teletype machines uh, from Agence France Press, Associated Press. And what we did was we would rip, literally rip out news items mm -hmm. and edit them for radio use. Because the, the items were basically written for print. So yep. they were, you can just imagine, they were very lengthy. So we were trained to, you know, we were trained to edit them for radio use. And sometimes the program director or the news director would ask us to get, you know, to rip off some, some news items from the teletype machines. And they would call us to the newsroom and they would have us read, read the, the item while we edited the, the, the sentences mentally. You know? Wow. Yeah, we had to, That's we tough. had, yeah, we were compelled to edit, mentally edit our scripts to make sure that they were not lengthy, that they were, you know, radio friendly. You know, that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of training that we were made to go through. I, uh, it was nerve wracking. Really, it was, but we survived it. We came out of it unscathed, and you know we were really very proud of it. I still am. I still am. Because imagine, no, patawagin ka production director. I mean, the production director, the program director. He would. Uh, what he would do is he would uh, ask me to to get to go to one one local, two foreign, and one human interest story from the teletype machine. And then when mm -hmm. I, by the time I, I get to the newsroom, in radio form without editing, you know, using a pen. I want you to mentally edit the script. Yeah, that's a challenge. It is. It is. And, you know, we, we survived it. And we, because everything was done mano mano back in the day. And we did, we learned the hard way. And we, needless to say, you know, I, I won't, I won't exchange that for anything. I won't have it any other way. I say for me, it's 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 how I I, I learned the ropes, and it's how I grew, as as a media practitioner. And it's, because you tend to value your experiences more, if you've been through a lot there. If, if you've right, yes. done things the hard way, you know, you tend to value them more mm -hmm. because it's, it's you're, those are your battle scars and, you know, your, your badge of honor. It's like a badge of honor. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I'm, I'm curious about the shifts you went through because everybody who's ever worked in radio knows that uh, sometimes it's a matter of luck that you end up on a certain shift. Like, I was pretty unlucky in a way that my very first radio shift was weekend mornings as a senior in, in college. So I, I would go to these parties as, you know, college students would, and then I'd have to not sleep at all because my board work was at 6 a.m. So what was your first shift like? Do you remember the shifts you went through? Oh, my very first shift happened... Because after I, I trained a couple of months, no? Uh, as a newscaster in RT, one, one time the, the news director came into the, he entered the, the newsroom and he went, Oh, pwede na kita salang? Ready ka na? Ready ka na ba magpasalang? Sabi ko, sure. 
Yeah, I'm ready. Re ready when you are. Oh, sige, I'll create a slot for you. Sabi niya. So he created the Sunday slot. Kasi Sunday, walang news yan eh. Yep. So cre he created a Sunday shift for me. Uh, and what he made me do was he made me go on the air thrice. You know, on a Sunday. Three, three different ano, time slots. Tapos, top of the hour news yun. Tapos, human interest. Light news. Kasi nga Sunday, nothing heavy. You know, mm -hmm. chill lang. Oh, ganon. So I started with that shift, and then from there I graduated to graveyard. Pero kasi for for newscasters, kasi yung graveyard is like pinakalate mo na yung 9 p.m. Pinakalate mo na 9 p.m. After that, you're done. Yan. So from from Sunday, I graduated to graveyard, and then from graveyard, I graduated to sign on. And when you're put on sign on, that means you're good. Well, from there, I moved to another pop station called Kiss FM. And they also put me on sign-on. So, and that time, that time, I had another job. I was working as an advertising and promotions coordinator for SM, SM Shoemart. Oh, uh, wala pang mga malls noon. They were just department stores. Pero... They were just Shoemart, yeah. Yeah, pero ano, very stressful yung ano, yung yung trabaho ko kasi ad and promo yon. I was in charge of the advertising and promotions requirements of some departments within the store and every time there would be an ongoing promo in any of my departments, I would be in all the branches in one day, yung ganon. So that was my my day job. Pero kasi I was doing that concurrently with my radio gig. I would be mm -hmm. I would be on sign-on, and then from my my shift, as soon as I'm done with my shift, I'd go straight to Echage because that's that's where the head office of SM Power was was, uh, was located. Yon. So I would be awake as early as about 4:30 in the morning. I'd be on the road by 5:30. Nagkocommute pa ako na wala akong koche. 5:30, I'd I'd take a bus to Makati. I lived in Quezon City. I take a Jesus. bus to Makati. Yes, and then I would sign on. I would go on the air at 6 a.m. I'd, I'd be done by 10. I would commute from Makati all the way to Echage. I would ride, you know, a bus going to yep. Echage. And from there, I would start my day and end it by 7 p.m. And that was like, I would, yeah, I know. I was. I did that for a good two years. And it's okay, like I gotta ask how how your body survived that because I had Delamar on the podcast a few episodes ago and she was telling me how the morning show really squeezes every bit of energy out of you. So by the time you clock out at ten, you're basically pigang piga, and then you have mm. to have a day job right after that. So how did your body survive? You know, honestly, I I don't even I don't, I can't even recall how how I actually survived it because I was under under tremendous pressure. Eh? But I guess because the fact that you know you're young and your body and your mind can still take it. I guess for me, hindi ko na hindi ko na lang napansin. Hindi ko na lang I, I, parang it didn't really matter to me. <laughs> if anything, you know, natutuwa pa nga ako kasi dalawang beses ako nagsusweldo eh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> no, actually, apat na beses kasi, di ba? 15, 30, and then 10 and 25. Yung ganon. So, that's I don't know. It, I was just having fun. That's what it was. Kasi, I was still young then. I was, I, I think I was barely 20. Yeah, I was barely in my 20s then. So, 
you know, I mean, bring it on, you know. I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really, well, yeah, tama. It, it, it probably took its toll on me, pero I didn't, kasi I was having fun more than anything else. And then after a couple of years, I, I decided I wanted to go full-time in radio because after all, you know, it was a dream gig. It was a dream. Yeah, it was a dream gig and it was my passion. It still is actually. So I decided to let go of, you know, my SM gig. But of course, don't get me wrong. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, parang, if I were to relive my life all over again, I'd, I'd still go through that. Because I learned a lot from, from, from that job. Because eh. it's like I, I'm, I'm uh, in two different sides, that of media yes. and that of the advertiser. Yeah. That's why I can, you know, uh, I can relate to both. And I, right. I would that's really valuable that. information, like when uh, you have to deal with the advertisers from the radio uh, mm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. It really comes in handy. Oh, oh, definitely. That's why, you know, I, I wouldn't change that. You know, I, I wouldn't change it for anything else. And uh, so I did that for a good two years until I was offered this DJing stint for a jazz station. No, it's not really a jazz station, more like a, a, an adult contemporary format station. Was it City Light? Uh, City, yeah, City Light 88.3. So that, that from there, you know, I, I, I stayed put in, in, in City Light for uh, over a decade. That's like 17 years to be exact. Wow. That was my longest stint in radio. And I started off as the, the, the only female DJ. I was there since its inception. And from, from being a female DJ, I was promoted to station manager. So, hi, this is Rika. Hi, this is JC. <laughs> so, you like listening to podcasts? Try listening to ours. It's called The Halala Show. Yeah, we talk about X, Y, and Z. It's called Our Lives. Yeah. Also, the trending topics. We talk about what's going on in the world. And we'll read some of your fan mail if you send it to us. Ooh, fan mail. I never thought that we would have fan mail. Yeah. But we're here with two. Yes. And <laughs> it's available wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts, to any of your podcast network Asia shows as well. So after listening to this one, why don't you give us a try? Please, go listen to our show, okay? Slurp on. Slurbers. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going on board. time. Yeah. Uh-uh. You, you yes. mentioned going full time. This is actually uh, interesting to me because um, for a, for a lot of people on the outside, people look at what we do in radio as, oh, you just go on air three or four hours a day, right? And then mm-hmm. you're done. But mm-hmm. when you say full time and really just uh, even to the point that you had to quit your day job for it, what did that mean? Like what other responsibilities did you have other than uh, doing your three hour or four hour board work? With City Light, you mean? Yes, yes. It's, because uh-uh. you mentioned like after the SM gig, you know, it was radio full time. So like, what what was that like for you? Oh, okay. When I when I left SM to go full time in radio, I had additional responsibilities in the sense that I was helping out with. If my memory serves me right, when I went full time with Kiss FM, uh, I was helping out with. You know, conceptualizing programs, conceptualizing programs, parang program conceptualization, ganon. I was still the uh, no, I was still a newscaster then, but I had additional responsibilities. Uh, 
that's why that meant staying beyond you know the the number of hours that were required of me as a newscaster yon yeah. pero kasi hindi masyadong defined kasi yung yung responsibilities ko noon i was just like helping around you know the radio station nagkaroon ng definition yan when i moved to city light kasi talagang okay you're a dj now you're no longer a ra- uh, you're no longer a newscaster you're now a full-fledged disc jockey you play music you ad lib you conduct contests you interact with you know radio studio guests you know you interact with listeners yeah the whole the whole the whole caboodle you know yep so i became a full-fledged dj when i joined city light 88.3 and after after that after a couple of years i was promoted to station manager but i still maintained my slot which was like 10 a.m to 2 p.m yeah 10 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon I was there uh, in the mornings, basically to oversee operations, and then until I, it's my turn to go on board, and then after I knock off from my board work, then proceed with whatever it is that I need to do at the station, off the air. What was it like at the time? You know, doing all that, having the, the office side of the work, and then yung, uh, the 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 actual board work. Uh, did you have listeners then at City Light who would like go to the station regularly, magdadala ng food, or would would fanboy or fangirl over you guys? Did you have that experience as well? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh my goodness, I have experienced everything, you know, including obscene phone callers. Yeah, <laughs> I've been through that. I've been through the whole process, and you know, it was, I survived all of it. <laughs> I remember there was a time. Um, You know, a listener came by to claim a prize, and that was mm-hmm. uh, a compact disc of Sting, you know, a, okay. an album of Stings. So, okay, so he claimed his CD, and then, you know, the next thing I knew, he was inside the booth, and he goes, "Would you mind signing this for me?" And I'm like, "Are you serious? I mean, that's a Sting CD." And you want my my autograph on it? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, because I listen to you a lot, and I listen to you. I'm a fan, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I just had to, you know, I just had to sign my, sign my name on it. Uh-huh. But it was really, really fun. My autograph on an album of Sting. It's one of those experiences that make my radio gigs. Worthwhile, you know, my my experiences in radio worthwhile, or or my my radio life worthwhile. It's it's because, you know, it's because people appreciate you for what you do, and well, sometimes they even follow you wherever you go, and it's it, it's it's so gratifying. It's it's as gratifying as when you teach, you know, and and your students make good, like you, Deba. Right? Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> That means a lot. Yeah. On on the note of of you know listeners following you or recognizing you in public places, did it ever get to a point where you had a stalker? Because like I've encountered female DJs from uh, the different stations I've been a part of, and nakakwento sila na oh yeah I have a stalker or this person's really creeping me out. So I was I was wondering na uh, like when you were in City Light when you were in that station the longest, 
were there stalkers or anybody who made you feel uncomfortable? Yes. Uh, I had a stalker during the station's early days. Kasi, siguro it, it, the fact that I was the only female DJ in that station probably, you know, intrigued that person. I can imagine. So, yeah, he would give me a call. At first, I, I was just... Kasi, siyempre, DJ ka, di ba? Hindi ka naman pwede magsuplada, di ba? Or magsuplado um, yep. sa phone. Kasi, otherwise, you know, it'll turn your listeners off na, uy, ano, pakitang tao lang pala yung pagiging nice niya on the air, eh. I mean, she's, he or she naman pala is, is mean in person. And I've heard of horror stories about DJs who are, you know, parang dual, may, may dual personality. So I don't want to be like them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be amiable. I wanted to be polite and friendly with with all the listeners. Because, that's 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 part of ano eh, the stations come on also eh, in personalities, diba? Right. And then, all of a sudden, he started getting creepy. Until one time, he actually dropped by the station, and watched me as I went about my business, you know, went about my show. I was like, mm-hmm. I was just trying to be cool about it. But then, of course, you know, I was also scared out of my wits because I didn't know what he was capable of doing. Because he was like seated there and he was like, his hands were clammy. I could see his hands were clammy. And, and he was like, he was just staring at me. And he was saying all sorts of stuff like, you know, uh, I can't recall the exact words that he said, but parang in the you know, to the effect na parang you know us having something going on, and I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> Uh-oh. parang where did that come from? Eh, good thing, kasi at the time, kasi kaya din, I mean, kung sino sino na station, kasi at the time. The offices were still under construction. So ang 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 gawa lang noon was the booth and the technicians booth. The DJ's mm-hmm. booth, the newsroom and the technicians booth. The rest of the offices were still under construction. So and there was no guard. There was no security guard. We we didn't have a security guard back then because we were still on test, you know, test broadcast kanyan. Yeah. Was, so anybody can just enter. You know, anybody yeah. can just enter the the station and enter the booth. And then good thing, it was like the lunch hour. So my workmates, my, my female co-workers, the administrative staff, uh, they usually kasi have lunch inside the booth. Kasi wala pa nun kasi offices, wala pa pantry, ganyan. So they would have lunch inside the booth. So, so all of a sudden, uh, they bailed me out. And then it sort of freaked him out. So nagpaalam uh-huh. siya. He hurriedly, you know, said goodbye and then excused himself. And I was like, oh my God, thank you for saving me. I was telling my co workers, thanks, ladies, I love you. You just saved my life. And you know, that was that was it. You know, after that I never saw him again. I never heard from him again. It was like it was creepy. It was creepy. Because I didn't know what he was capable of doing it. Right. You know, I, I, and, I can imagine being in a very uncomfortable situation, especially where place of work mo yun eh. Oh, so, diba? Parang, ano ka nakapasok, diba? Patapos na, as in katapat ko siya, he was like uh, a couple of feet, mga three feet away from me. And I'm like, 
three or maybe six feet away from me. Yung parang ganon. And so, I was like, I was feeling very vulnerable then. Yeah, and so yeah, that that was my only brush with a, a stalker. And of course, you know, it's it's again, it's one of those experiences that that make my you know my makes my uh, my radio radio life or radio career very memorable. Yeah. Have you ever been recognized in public for uh, your work in radio? Like, did you ever have someone come up to you at the mall, for example, or at a restaurant to say, "Oh, yeah, I'm such a fan, and I listen to you every day." Yes, I have experienced that. Even beyond my my radio career, I would still get you know compliments from former listeners. And in fact, there's there's a guy. I'm um uh, we're we're Facebook friends, and he used to listen a lot to me. And he reached out to me this this morning via Facebook Messenger, and he goes, "Oh, I thought you'd." You know, you should see this. And it was like the I don't know if you've heard of this young episode of Eat Bulaga where they they had voice talents as guests. Yeah. Uh the Bowel yeah, Judgmental yeah. segment. Yes, yes, yeah. I was hoping to see you there, but then I got disappointed because I didn't see you. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I was that, wondering why they didn't young... get you for that. Yeah, well, said I I I laughed and I told him, Look, I've had my fair share of TV exposures, you know back in the day and uh, in fact i i you know my 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 latest tv exposure for for you know as a voice talent was yung kapuso mo jessica soho which was september of last that, yeah. year yeah okay mjs diba yon so sabi ko oh sabi ko, i've had my fair share of those tv exposures back in the day I remember because this is my second you know guesting with kmjs eh. my first one was when I entered the academe, because that was the the time that they were looking for the voice of Globe, because they wanted oh. to interview the voice of Globe. Yes, yon. Tapos after that interview with KMJS, kapuso mo Jessica Sohon, nasundan yan eh, nasundan yan ng ANC, nasundan yan ng Radio Cinco, nasundan ng what's this? It's a shop talk. I had, mm-hmm. diba? it, it's on YouTube, my interview with Shop Talk. And then, the guest pa ako sa, there was this um, uh, variety show on GMA called Sis with Jelly yeah, Debellen. And yeah, they had something similar to what Eat Bulaga did, where they guested, you know, voice talents. And I was one of them. And they made us do a lot of, you know, different versions of lines. Ganon then I went through the same thing that Sina Inka are going through right now. I went through all of them. Kaya lang kasi back in the day, I you know there was no TikTok, you know, yeah. uh, no these, social these, media to plug yourself. Uh, no social media. That's why everything was based on you know word of mouth. They you know mm-hmm. they found out about me through friends. Yung ganon. So I I didn't even have the benefit of social media back then. But I, I, I am very blessed. I have to say that I am very blessed to have enjoyed exposure, you know, um, TV exposures and radio exposures because of what I do. And so, you know, I was telling my friend, oh, I've had my fair share of those TV exposures back in the day, you know. And this is a new crop of talents. Eh? I mean, the... These are young, up-and-coming talents. I mean, I, I belong to another 
you know, another batch. And of course, you know, we've had our time and it's their time to shine. So there, you know, well, I'm still, a, you know, I'm still a loyal fan of yours, you know, and if I, I had my way, I would, you know, if I were part of that, that team, I would still pick you to be part of that, you know, and I'm like, oh, thank you, you know, grabe, parang, it's, it's so nice to know that, you know, there are still people who appreciate you for, for what you do, and Kasi di ba parang ni-resurrect ni Edu Manzano yung guesting ko sa ANC. Yeah, that was funny. So, yeah, I, I know. It was like 2012 po yung interview na yun. Pero kasi because he got wind of that interview, he decided to post it on his Facebook page or his profile. So again, it became viral. Na-resurrect siya. I really am very, you know, very honored to be part of that community. And I, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm recognized still for, for, Leaving a mark, that's what he said, you know, that has left a mark and we that we will always cherish. And that means, that really meant a lot to me. That post really meant a lot to me. Because I know, I know for a fact that this industry has become very, very, very competitive. And there, there's so much talent, you know, that, that community is just overflowing with talent. And, you know, the, the thing is, all of all of these young people are are so technologically savvy. It kills me. Because <laughs> I come from a generation of you know, digital migrants where we're not really, you know, as te- technologically savvy. You know, frankly speaking, okay, mm-hmm. we're not really as technologically savvy, but we try to, you know. But of course, we're not as savvy as the young people are nowadays. Oh my god, look at this cute person listening to this podcast, oh. Right? So cute, grave. Good job to your parents, ha? By the way, this is Jam. And this is Dapsky. You like podcasts, right? Check ours out. We talk about... Henry Cavill. Oh yeah. Local music. Overthrowing evil overlords. Butts. Space. Witches. Space witches. Denial. Cats. Dogs. Cats and dogs. So if that floats your boat or flies your spaceship, check it out online and join us at Local Locus PH everywhere on social media. Sorry, Podcast Network Asia. <laughs> so. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, diba? Parang it's mean, like. We're, we're, all, we're all trying. I mean, like, yeah. I consider myself a kid of the internet, and sometimes mm-hmm. I find myself stumbling through a lot of these things as well. So, in a way, I, I totally get what you're saying. But on the other hand, yeah. like, you know, um, we, we don't really have a choice but to keep. Keep it moving. So I want to go back though to you being the voice of Globe because that's a story that I never really asked about. Like, how did that happen? How did that? Um, did you go through an audition process where your specific voice file was picked, and uh, how did you end up landing that gig where you have to tell people that the subscriber cannot be reached? Well, it's because back in the day, and I think the you know I think production houses still do this. You know, they would update their their data banks with our voice files. Yep. So at that time, I think that was during the early 90s, was it? I forget. No, that was during the early 90s, I think, when Globe was in search of uh, a voice for their 
IVRS. And the production house, I forget which production house that was. And I think defunct name production house na yun. Okay? That production house had our voice samples on file. So I wasn't the only one, you know, my, my voice wasn't the only one that was presented to client. There were a lot, I hear, there were a lot of, from what I recall, there were a lot of voice files that were presented to them. And I was very fortunate enough to have been chosen. I remember the, uh, the agency scheduling a whole day of recording or a whole afternoon. Okay. So I, 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 you know, I blocked off that schedule and then, you know, we did, we, I recorded all the, the lines in one, one afternoon. And I never really expected it to become a big deal eventually, you know, 10 years after that or, uh -huh. you know, over a, over a decade after that, you know, I never, I, it never really occurred to me that, you know, a program like Kapuso Majestica Soho would actually track me down. Yeah. And talk and, about how you ended up. Yeah. And, that interview me. Oh, and the funny thing was when they, you know, when, when, when they were in the process of tracking me down, they got in touch with a friend of mine who happened to be, well, back then she happened, uh, she was the, the head of PR for globe. And they, they, they asked her if she knew me and she was like, Oh, she's a good friend of mine. Okay. This is her number. Go call her now. So yeah, the, the next thing I knew they, uh, a researcher from Kapuso Majestica saw called me and then, and, and then she said, you know, she, she, she asked me if I was indeed the voice of, of Globe. And I said, yes. Did you have to do the spiel like uh, uh, directly on the phone so she could prove that it was you? I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like so automatic, I swear. Yeah, I think I did. And then... You still have delivery that exact Yeah, and then they scheduled uh, no, they scheduled an interview. I was interviewed back then because I was I was still teaching at Miriam College. Mm -hmm. So they Miriam and then they interviewed me there and then we did some sit-ners, you know, situationers. And then that was it. And then one interview led to another and the next thing i i knew i was you know being called by rajo cinco for an interview yung parang ganito kami noon kasi parang yung 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 contact ko kasi sa rajo cinco was was a radio contemporary of mine si miss cherry baile and now she's you know with rajo cinco and she reached out to me and she said can we interview you kasi we're we're doing a a series of shows where we're, you know, where we're highlighting former radio personalities, and you know, we'd like to know where they are now. Yung ganon. So, isa ako sa mga unang nagguest doon sa series na yon. And then from Radio Cinco, I got another call for an interview with um, ANC Shop Talk. So like it you really went through the rounds because of yeah uh, yeah the, that was yeah I that that uh, that Apusa interview was, yes that really led to it opened so many doors for me and I'm curious though ma'am um do you still get 
residual payment for like a gig like that like let's say you do that uh voice of globe thing or when you were the voice of philippine airlines and you just record something it uh, depends really it really depends on on what arrangement you you uh get into with with uh, the advertiser because they 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 want the rights to okay. to the material so they buy it from you altogether like Globe, binili na nila yon eh. Sa kanila right. na yon. So wala so na akong one time sum and then after yeah, that, oh, you know. and back in back in the day that was a hefty sum. Yon. So, you know, they just, you know, they they uh, bought the rights to the to 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 what I recorded for them. Yun sa Philippine Airlines naman, uh, I was I was paid on a per project basis. Kasi with PAL naman kasi they they keep a roster of different voice talents. Eh. Mm-hmm. They don't stick to just one voice talent. They, you know, they make use of different voice talents. Like before, before me, before Lily, before Lindy, and before Inca, there was the great, the late great Bong Lapira, and male voice, you know, for Philippine Airlines. And it's like his voice is so guttural. It's the old school type of delivery, na. Modulated, na guttural, na throaty, and whenever he says "mabuhay," welcome to Philippine Airlines, it's like, parang it's like you're talking to God. Parang ganon, <laughs> <laughs> parang ganon. Yeah. So, Philippine Airlines used to have the late great Bong Lapira, and then you know from there they started getting other talents, and then they started getting female talents. So the latest is Inca. Now she's the yeah. new addition, but. Her mom and and I and and the late great Lily Nichols, we were all part of, you know, the Philippine Airlines roster of voice talents. Yeah, that's like an all-star lineup right there. Oh, thank you. Well, I still <laughs> actually voice for them, but it's more of their IVRS also, young reservations. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure I've I've heard uh, your voice in one of their collaterals, and I'm like, oh, I know that voice. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I, mean... I used to voice their in-flight advisories, all their in-flight, you know, safety features. I used to. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did that it. too. Exactly. At some point, I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what it's like for you to hear your own voice on on these things. So, for example, the globe thing, right? Let's say you're trying to call someone up, like your son Vinny or a friend, and instead of reaching them because you need to talk to them right now, you hear your voice. Like, <laughs> what is that like? Oh, I get annoyed too. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Ito kwenento ko to sa KMJS. I remember. Vinny was was my son. Vinny was was. Uh, supposed to go out of town for uh, a project and then i said oh it text mo ko ha o tawagan mo ko or at least text me ah once you get there i want to make sure you you arrived safely and yeah you know how young people get they forget you know they they tend to forget you know once uh, once they're there they get... part of the class field trip pala and they forget to text their mom <laughs> Or they, you know, masyado silang busy. They get right down to business. They totally forget, right? Yeah. So, syempre, Nihaniho, hindi ko, hindi ko siya narinig. Wala ako na ko message sa kanya. So, of course, being a mom, di ba, I worry eh. Di ba? Eh, uniko iho ko pa yan. So, tawag naman ako, tawag naman ako. Mm-hmm. True enough, I heard my voice. The subscriber cannot be reached. Please try again later. And I'm like, no, don't do this to me. Not now. Ganyan. <laughs> 
my goodness. Uh, and then when I, 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 I made that a status update on Facebook, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it, it trended. You know, talagang and daming nag respond and they were like, ah, karma mo yan, karma mo yan, ganyan. <laughs> and of course, you know, it was, it was only a matter of time span. It was bound to happen to me too. So there. <laughs> Last few questions as we wind down here. I want to zoom out and ask about, did you ever feel like there was a glass ceiling that you had to break? Or did you ever feel like you had to work extra hard compared to your male counterparts to prove yourself? Was Not really. Like- no. Because eh, I, was, I was treated like one of the boys, I guess. That's why you know, I didn't have to prove myself too much. You know, it's like, it's like, but I was recognized for for what I what I could bring to the table. I was recognized for my abilities, and there was there was respect. There was respect. Uh, I remember when I was with the KBP board. You know, I was I was treated like one of the boys. In fact, they were very protective of me, even because I was treated like. Uh, a sister, yung ganon. There was respect. Well, I guess, yun nga, the fact that I've been, you know, I've been around, I've I've been with a KBP board for a good number of years. I, in fact, I was once national president even. So I guess it helped that but my stature sort of earned for me the respect. And, uh, well, I would like to believe even the admiration <laughs> of of my colleagues in the industry, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And so, well, thankfully, thankfully, I didn't, I didn't have to really, I didn't really have to go through that, you know, break All the right. glass ceiling. But I, I worked hard for you know, I, I worked. I would like to say that I worked hard to get to where I am now, and I. I am very blessed. I'm very fortunate to have been given opportunities to prove my worth. And, you know, I'm, I'm also blessed to have been able to succeed in earning the respect and, you know, the respect of, 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 of my contemporaries in the industry and, of course, of young people like yourself and those, those who, whom I've mentored. Yeah. As, as one of the last few questions, I want to get your take on being part of these startup stations because you've gone through them um, several times. Like you mentioned doing test broadcasts for City Light or was it Kiss FM? And then you also did that for um, 105.9 for Like FM uh, yeah. just last year. So what what's that experience like? Um, like going to a new station, trying to build itself and establish its own identity. What is that experience like? It's something that I hold with pride. Because it meant being part of the station's humble beginnings. And it meant being part of its history. Especially with City Light and with KISS FM. Because I was really part of the team that formed it. Or that formed the stations. That's why, parang, ano, to, be, to be branded a pioneer of the, the radio station, for me, it's a big thing. It's 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 a big deal for me. Because in any industry, I, yeah, in any industry for that matter. Because 
para kang ano eh, para kang well it's short of saying na parang isa ka sa mga haligi. Alam mo 'yon? Mm-hmm. So ako I I I you know, I I look at it with pride. I consider it another badge of honor. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. As a last question, I want to ask about what it's like being a radio personality from your generation in this era. Like when you had that stint at Like FM with our boy Ryan Joseph. Uh, you know, um, coming from your training, uh, the the whole rip and read era, and and the vinyls and the discs to having to board right now with all these technologies with social media. Um, did you ever feel like uh, you were a fish out of water, or how how was how was it like trying to adapt to the pace of today's uh, radio industry? Okay, because when I left radio, that was the advent of ano eh, the digital era, so to speak. Yung radio stations started going digital, and they they started having computers program their music, the whole day's programming for that matter. So for me to get in to back. You know, for me to get back with all the technology, well, of course, you know, it was like, yeah, like what you said, it's like being a fish out of water. But I would like to say that I have been fortunate enough to have had co-workers who've, you know, been very, very helpful in, in you know, how should I say it? Or who have helped me get my groove back on. So to speak, okay. and and familiarize myself with you know with with technology, and so like you know, Ryan has been very very helpful and valuable. <laughs> he was a you know he was such a he, he was such a a gem. You know he still is actually. In fact, because mm-hmm. we have this podcast, and you know he's he's been very very supportive, and he's 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 such a gem. I consider him a gem, really, of of a of a colleague, and yeah, in parang I've been away. I was away for for quite a while, although despite the fact that I was away for radio, I was also doing television. So, parang you know, I didn't really, I missed radio, but I didn't really miss it as much as I did back then, because I had television. I was doing. And the host was still there, like uh, Pinky Aceron. The host was still working, so yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was. I had voice. You know, I, I had voiceover gigs. I had, you know, TV guestings in in TV soaps. You know, guestings in TV soaps. So I was, I was, you know, I was preoccupied, you no. Know? And then all of a sudden, a good good friend of mine, Jonathan, uh, Hobson asked me if I'd be interested to get back into radio. And at first, honestly, to be honest with you, I, I, I was, I had qualms about it. Kasi sabi ko, parang gusto ko pa bang pumalik. Kasi, this was last, year, ba, last year, right? I think two years ago. Two years ago. Two, last year, about two, two years ago. Yun. Kasi parang, syempre, di ba, parang, I don't know if, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but, Siyempre, I've been around for a long time that, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, I've experienced a lot of disappointments also, you know, in, in, in the industry. Kaya, you know, those disappointments stayed with me. That's why parang when, when, when Jonathan came to me and asked me, oh, would, you, would you still be interested to get into radio? 
And I'm, ako naman parang gusto ko pa bang bumalik. But then it was like, I miss going on the air. I miss going on the air. So I said, oh, what the heck? Okay, let's let's give it a shot. And it was, it, this is totally different because it's a talk show. It's yes. something that uh, was totally out of what I used to do. But then again, of course, I, I've, I've had experience in talk shows because I, I used to co-anchor a news and public affairs talk show on television. So para sa akin, it was nothing, nothing new. But this is, of course, radio. So in a way, it's, 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 it's different, you know. But feeling ko, it would be easier because it's purely audio. There's no video. Right. Yan, so I just remember when I heard you on air again, uh, it, it was really trippy because I was driving on my way to work and I had to find the time na hindi ako nagpapaandar ng sasakyan so I could video it and be like, my college professor is on the radio again. Oy. I'm recording this for posterity. <laughs> and I posted that on Instagram. Yeah. It's still on my Instagram account. So there, you know, I, I have it, you know, as a remembrance, Stan. And I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. And I was also feeling a bit trippy in a way because it was like, hey, I'm actually doing this and I'm actually getting the hang of it and I'm having fun. You know, it's, it's, kasi talk show she. I mean, yeah. you know, I've never done a radio talk show before. And, and when I got into it, it was like, it was like it was meant to be. Yung ganon. Like all of a sudden, I felt like, yeah, oh, oh, parang, oh, the familiar feeling came back to me. And it was like, it was like I was meant to be there. And, you know, I wouldn't, no regrets, really. I mean, it, it, it may have been short-lived, but I have absolutely no regrets. And I'm, 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 I'm very thankful to Jonathan and to the entire staff of, of like FM for having given me that opportunity because it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's still a learning experience for me. I mean, I can't say that after several decades of having been in the industry, I, I can't say that, you know, I can't say that I've, I've learned everything there is to learn because it's, this is a continuous learning process. You know, we, we learn something new, new every day. We learn something new every day. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I learned a lot from that experience. That's why I, you know, no regrets whatsoever, and I'm, I will always be thankful for that opportunity. Yeah, we we just go for hours and hours uh, talking about <laughs> our experiences in radio, and you know, um, how how your career is such an inspiration to mine and many others. Oh, so I just want to say. Uh, thank you, Ma'am Pinky. And I have to keep calling you Ma'am Pinky despite it being my podcast because uh, to me, you'll always be a, a mentor uh, who's um, you know, remained a constant presence in my life and I'm forever grateful for that. So thank you, Ma'am Pinky. And thank you, Stan, for having me in your show. I, it, I consider it an honor, really. And you know naman how I feel about my mentees, you know, making names for themselves in the, the industry. I... I I also consider that a badge of honor because that that only means you know that I'm I'm I've become part of your success 
and that really means a lot to me coming from you and um kaya nga ako talagang this is precisely why i teach it's simply because you know i i get that feeling of of satisfaction and fulfillment whenever i see my students make good in the industry and of course with that i'd like to congratulate you for for everything for all your accomplishments really and i'd like you to know thank that you. i've always been and will always be proud of you thank you you have no idea how much that means to me and that's just added pressure on me to not mess anything up <laughs> Uh, that's why I tried my best not to cuss at all in this well, episode. Definitely, because... you've, you've come a long way from the cinco that I gave you. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Thanks, Ma'am Pinky. Thanks, Dan. Thank you very much. And uh, all the best to you and your show. Thanks again to Pinky Aceron for joining me for this episode of On Deck. If you like this type of content, especially from your podcasts, then check out all of the other podcasts under Podcast Network Asia. Just look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram, or on Spotify, and you'll see the entire roster of programs, including a lot of the OGs like Kodazers, uh, The Halo Halo Show, Cool Pals, and of course, my OG podcast, The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which I host alongside my friends, Romoran, Raf Camus, and Chino Liao. This week's episode features Filipino-Australian wrestler Robbie Eagles of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you may remember him from having appeared here in the Philippines last February, right before the shutdown because of that stupid pandemic. Uh, we're going to be catching up with Robbie, and we'll talk about how we've all dealt with the pandemic with staying at home and everything else in between. As for this episode of On Deck, I'm going to have to wrap a bow on it and put it in the books. My next guest, though, is somebody who I've been friends with for the last few years, and he is one of the first ones from our generation to make the leap from radio personality or from radio DJ to being in the office. I'm talking to the new program director of Magic 89.9, Mig Santillan, also one of the most sought-after names in the club scene here in Metro Manila. That conversation is on deck for the next episode. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Stancy, or you can like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash online, and keep in touch with anything and everything I've been doing while we've all been stuck at home. Huge thanks to our producer, Nikai Lucanias, for putting this all together, and to the rest of the Podcast Network Asia family for giving all of us a lot of content to create and a platform to share it on. Stay safe, stay well, and stay healthy. Thanks for listening, and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.